gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 182 of the podcast that was originally recorded on November 6th of 2017. Some of the games I played for this week, I played a little Caverna Cave vs. Cave, some Jamaica, a little Scoville, some Nice Peppers, some Dominant Species, a little Card City XL, a little game called Murano, and I also, of course, talk about a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and I am back with another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are up to episode 182 of the podcast. Thank you for joining me as always. As always, you can send us some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there. We are guild number 2440. What I'm Playing Now is our guild name. On Twitter, you can follow us. And Instagram as well, at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. Our Facebook page is What I'm Playing Now. Just do a search for that on Facebook. On Twitch, you can follow us on Twitch and subscribe to us there. Twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which I'm hoping is going to be live once again here in a couple of days. Well, Twitch will be live in a couple of days. But YouTube.com slash What I'm Playing Now will hopefully start getting some new videos here. Now that our game room here in the house is complete, uh, that's one of the reasons why I didn't do a podcast last week between us finishing up the room as well as um, going to my father's uh, birthday party. I just did not have a chance to or the energy to sit down and actually do a podcast. I really hadn't played too, too many games um, that previous week. So I really didn't have too, too much to talk about because my wife and I hadn't. One, we didn't have any room to play any damn games. Two, I just didn't have any time to go down to my local game store and enjoy sitting down and playing a couple of board games. But I did make it down to my local game store a couple of times. So we're going to talk about that. One of the first things I'm going to talk about, I didn't even actually put this into the show notes, but I'm going to maybe mention this maybe at the beginning. And I don't know if I'm going to mention or put this down as a game that I'm playing all the time, but I at least want to mention uh, my group that I've been playing a Gloomhaven with. We have actually gone through two scenarios since my last um that since the last podcast that I recorded, we actually played one last weekend, and then this one um, we played yesterday. So we've gotten through a couple of more scenarios. My character is um, coming together nicely. Everybody else has leveled up but me. I guess I have not been playing my attack cards appropriately to get enough experience. I believe I'm about five short right now. One of the scenarios that we just played, we ran into, this could be a possible spoiler, so if you are going to play Gloomhaven or if you plan on playing Gloomhaven, maybe skip forward ahead a minute or so while I mention a couple of things. One of the things that completely tripped us up was at the beginning of our last scenario, we pulled a, I think it was City card. I can't remember if it was the City or the Road ex- road Exploration card that we pulled. It might have been the Road Exploration card. Each of us lost an actual check mark. The check marks are what you use to gain your perks. After three check marks, you can obtain a perk. Um, you also get a perk upon leveling up. So um, I actually am just back up to one check mark now because the first time we played, I did not get a check mark. I didn't actually fulfill my my goal that I was trying to achieve for that game. Last, the second scenario, I did. Um, I just lost that one, and then I got that one back this past weekend. So it's kind of crazy. Um, I'm kind of really bummed that that actually happens, but it's, I think that's 
one of the things that's exciting about Gloomhaven, uh, the first time I played it, I thought it was an okay game. But the more I'm playing this one, I'm really getting wrapped up into the story. I'm really getting a better understanding of combat, of my character, of what I'm supposed to do. And I think this third scenario that um, my group had played was probably one of the best that we've handled as far as um, strategy-wise during combat, how we were really working off of each other and learning each other's strengths and weaknesses. You know, me being able to jump in and become, even though I'm not the strongest of characters myself, um, I'm able to jump in and maybe take a few points of damage so one of my um, teammates does not have to, you know, one of, one of the squishier teammates that I, we, you know, is on the team, you know, they don't actually get hit as much. So I think we have a really good balanced team. I'm really interested to see where the story goes on that one. So like I said, I don't know if I'm going to mention or put that down to the notes that I'm playing it. I'm going to maybe mention it when we do play it. I don't think we're going to be able to get together for a couple of weeks. So we probably won't be playing this again until Thanksgiving weekend. I need to double check with my wife on that one and make sure she's cool with that. I'm sure she will be though. Hopefully she is. Uh, so that's, I believe is going to be the next time we are going to get together and play that. But let's jump into some of the games I played down at my local game store. This past week, I went down there for our normal Monday board board game meetup. One of the first games we got in was a little two-player game of Caverna Cave versus Cave. This game was released in 2017, designed by Uwe Rosenberg. It was released by Mayfair Games, and this is a straight two-player game. It's I've never played Caverna. I've never played Agricola. I do have um, some uh, some of his other games around here, uh, Feast for Odin. I don't want to say that in front of my buddy Dave because that has to be one of the next games I play or I'm going to get that game taken from my collection. But Caverna Cave versus Cave was, was a really good game. It was a game where you're working on building out your cave, collecting resources, using those resources, which will move up a kind of like um kind of like a bookcase almost where you're moving your um, resources up and down in there. It, it was fairly simple to to learn to play. I mean, I think David played once before. He kind of taught me really quick, and we kind of just jumped into the game, started playing. It was a cool game. I don't know if I'll be adding that one to my collection just because I have a couple of two-player games, and my wife and I only play a few two-player games. We're usually playing bigger games. Uh, I would, I think I would almost rather play a full, I, I need to try full, a full-blown Caverna game to actually see if I would want to play that over Cave versus Cave, but Cave versus Cave just seemed like it was really rather stripped down and just bare bones, you know, just trying to collect a couple of resources, expand out your cave a little bit, and, you know, I, I really liked the timeline, the way you can take the different actions, and the way you kind of pulled the actions towards you, so this way, you, you, you know, you really had to plan ahead what you wanted to do as far as whether you wanted to expand and dig out some of your cave to be able to make another room in there, whether you wanted to actually, you know, make a room, whether you wanted to get some resources and you really needed to kind of pay attention to what your opponent was doing and what they needed on their turn. Cause you can actually block your opponent probably. Cause if you saw they maybe needed a particular resource, you could maybe slide that resource your, what your way and your, you you know, take that. And then they would not, they might not be able to fulfill whatever they were trying to do that turn. Interesting little game. Like I said, don't know if I added to my collection. It was still a good game. And that is Caverna Cave versus Cave. And I may talk a little faster through some of these games because I have about six games I want to talk about where I normally only talk about maybe three or four, mainly because I went down to the game store this past Saturday for the 24 hours of extra life that they were having down there. But those games are still a couple of games off. 
Um, so we will get to those in a second, but that's the reason why I think I have a few more extra games to play. So I may not give all of these games as much love or as much talking to as I want to, but I kind of just wanted to squeeze all of these games into one episode. So this way I wasn't talking and dragging this out over a couple of episodes and next week, maybe I can get back to just a normal, here's what I played for the week and here's what I'd like to play. But we are still going to talk about a few things that I want to play because one of the games I've been reading the rules on and I can't wait to actually play that one. Um, but let's get back to what we played. So Caverna Cave versus Cave was the first thing that we had played. After that, we jumped over to a game of Jamaica. We played just base Jamaica. I believe there is an expansion that had just come out for this game. And this game was a game that was, was released back in 2007. It's a racing style game. It was designed by Malcolm Braff, Bruno Cathala, and Sebastian Ponchin. It was published by Asmodee. Um, and game GameWorks is their name is also on the box, but in this game, one of the things I really liked about Jamaica, it's a nice racing game where each player is controlling a ship. You're going to take. We just played one lap around the map. On your turn, you're going to draw, choose two cards, um, from your deck of cards that you have. So it's kind of like a little programming, I guess you could say in there. You're going to figure out what card you want to be played in the morning and what card will you want to be played in the evening. So each card kind of has um, different actions on them, either movement or resource gathering. Some of the resources that you can get in this game are going to be gold doubloons, which you may need when you land on certain spots. You may need to pay that. Um, you can get cannonballs, which if you land on a space that another player is occupying, you can actually attack them. There is dice that you or a die a die that you will have to roll, and depending on what you roll, um, you can add that number to the number of cannons that you're actually going to commit for that turn. There is also one side of the die where you can basically just do an instant win, which I actually rolled once, which I was very happy with. It didn't didn't help me win the game. I didn't come anywhere near close to winning. I rounded the one corner. I was in second place and then somehow ended up, I think, almost last um, when it came down to it at the end. But I, I really like the art. I will say the art on the board is nice, but the art on the cards is very, very nice. I was really impressed with just the art on the cards and just, just the look of the cards how how they depicted all the different movement and actions um, on the cards themselves. But having to play those cards and figuring out which cards you were going to do in the morning and evening, figuring out what actions you wanted to take, it was I thought it was very interesting because there are some times where you could possibly play a card where you might have to move back a couple of spaces and then move forward a couple of spaces. And one thing that I was kind of I'm kind of omitting was at the beginning of each round, whoever the first player is, they are going to roll two dice. The thing with this is the player who's rolled those dice, they will figure out what dice will be activated in the morning, what dice will be activated in the evening. This will essentially let you know from the cards that you pick, either how much you're going to move backwards if you had maybe an arrow, a red arrow, or move forward if you had a green arrow, or how many resources you were going to get. So if somebody rolled a five and a six, and I played a card that in the morning was a green arrow, I'd move those five spaces, and then for the six, if I played a card that gave me the doubloons, I would get six doubloons. Essentially, that's the gist of the whole game. Very simple to play. It's a very light game, but there is a, quite a bit of strategy going on in the game. There are a couple of different spots on the board where you can take alternate paths. 
Some are shorter than others, but of course, the shorter path may have some more obstacles to it or may cost you a little more to go there. If you land on a couple of those spaces through that corner, it may be a higher cost than if you actually went around the outside, which um, may be a little easier or vice versa. You know, so it's there. there's quite a bit of thinking you need to do. And like I said, that whole programming element of the cards in that when somebody rolls the dice, you know, they have to commit what they're going to do morning and evening. And then you start looking at the cards. Okay, this is what I want to do here and there based on based on the cards. It's It makes the strategy very interesting. And I, I kind of really like that. I mean, for being a lighter style game, I like racing games. Um, I'm a big fan of them. This adds a whole different type of twist into a lot of the racing games that I've played before, especially with the dice mechanic, especially with the combat, just with the programming mechanic of it. So Jamaica is a very interesting game. I would like to actually see what the expansion adds to the game. I've a couple of people have talked about it. I haven't really heard what it actually adds to the game. I probably should go look that up and check it out. But um, Jamaica is a game I really liked, and I'd like to get my wife to actually play this one because I wouldn't mind adding this one to my collection. I know I have several racing games already, but this one does take racing to... I don't want to say a whole new level because it's not that style of game, but it does add a different twist on to, to a very nice racing mechanic for the game. After that, we got in, I can't remember if we played a three or four player game of Scoville. This one's been on my radar for quite a while. This game came out in 2014. I have no idea how I've actually never played this one. This one was designed by Ed Marriott. It was published by TMG, Tasty Minstrel Games. I don't know why or how I've never actually played this one. Uh, I know when it first came out, it was getting quite a bit of play down at the game store that I go to. But for some reason, I was always in the middle of something else or had committed to something else when somebody was pulling that one out. So when my buddy Dave actually said, why don't we try Scoville? I was like, yes, I've been waiting probably a couple of years to play this damn game. Let's get this one to the table. What you're doing is you're actually planting peppers. I don't know how to describe it any better than that, but that's what you're kind of doing. On your turn, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be taking several different actions, planting peppers, walking a worker that you have around there to actually see if you land in between two peppers, you will get to take a pepper between behind your screen. You're then going to try to kind of do like set collection in that there will be cards out and we put them on both sides of the board. Some cards will get you some money. Other cards will get you victory points um, for finishing like recipes and stuff like that. You're basically going to be placing peppers that you're collecting down on the board to try to build up better peppers, you know, starting off with like maybe red and yellow peppers and working your way all up to the hottest pepper that is in the game, which is the ghost pepper, which is kind of like a clear um, speckled pepper, which looks really cool. I will say they did a very good job with these peppers. It's it's you're also there's also a little auction mechanic in there because you're bidding to see who's going to go first for the turn. But going first doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do everything first because it kind of has a forward and then backwards mechanic as far as the actions go in the game. So it's it's really interesting in seeing, you know, how much you're going to bid for bid money in to figure out what you what actions you want to take first or possibly what actions you want to take later. So if you want to possibly, you know, go first for those later actions when you're coming on the way back, that's where you may want to bid possibly very little or no money whatsoever on your turn just to try to be able to take the peppers and do different things with them. So I really liked it. I thought it was a very, very good game. I know this one has... An expansion as well, I believe it adds a few more peppers. A few different mechanics are added in there from what a couple of people were telling me. I don't know anybody 
down at the game store who has the expansion. But I another game that if I could actually play this again and play with the expansion, I would definitely like to get this game to the table with the expansion because I think it would actually add to the game. The base game I thought was really well, was, was put together really well. It wasn't a very long game. I thought it was timed perfectly. So Scoville is a game that I've been wanting to get to the table. Glad I did. And we'll have to see if that one gets added to the collection or not. I'm not really too sure about that one. That one I'm on the fence about. So maybe if I play with the expansion, that may tilt tilt me one way or the other as far as picking that one up. Other than that, like I had mentioned a few minutes ago, I had gone down to my local game store on Saturday. They were doing um, an Extra Life Marathon that they do every year um, for the kids, which is a very good... um, very good charity event that a lot of gamers do, not only board game-wise, but video game-wise. If you watch any Twitch channels, a lot of different things, you'll probably see a lot of people were doing stuff for Extra Life. We actually, I actually took some of my gear down with me, and we did a stream out to the Recess Facebook page. It was the first time I had ever actually done a stream out to Facebook, and it actually worked pretty good. Uh, next time, I definitely will probably have to bring my nice microphone with me because I was just using the mic that was on my webcam, and it did sound quite a bit muffled. The pictures, actually, for the cameras that I were using, I thought, kind of looked pretty good. I was actually impressed with how it turned out because I wasn't really too sure how it was going to stream because I always stream wireless there when I'm at the store because he doesn't want me to run a wired connection out to my laptop, especially where I was sitting this year. I was kind of back in a corner and there is probably no way we could get a network connection to me. Even with my 100-foot cable, it probably would have been stretching it. But uh, we did get in some good games. I didn't get in a lot of games, mainly because the first game when I got there, I was setting up. A couple people were playing. I can't remember what it was. But the first game that I got to play after they were done was Dominant Species. This was a game from GMT. Um, this is game. This is a game from 2010 designed by Chad Jensen, published by GMT Games. I've heard this one's a little bit of a heavier style game. This has a lot of area control. You have some tile placement, a little bit of card drafting in there as well, some worker placement. I will say it was about a 20 to 30 minute teach, and we were doing a five-player game, and it took several hours and hours. And I will say, even though we played this game for a good part of the day, I don't care. It was a spectacular game. I really like this one. This one is one that has jumped up to the top of my don't know if I'm going to be able to get it list because I don't think it's in print right now. It may be kind of hard to find, but if I can find this game, I possibly wouldn't mind picking this one up. I really like the area control. If you don't like take that, stay away from this game. I can honestly say that there was a lot of take that. And normally what you'll want to do is you'll want to attack the player that is in first place. And for some reason, we had one player at our table that I normally only play with. It's funny, his name's Anthony. I normally only play with him during the extra life or during the 24-hour marathons that are down there at the store. And I played quite a few games with him on Saturday. And he was at the table playing Dominant Species with us. And he kind of ran away with the game. And I don't know if we weren't going after him enough during the game or if his spiders just had some sort of ability that just let them spread throughout the world. But holy shit, it was just crazy what his score was as compared to the rest of us. It was, he just started running away with the game and the rest of us were just all clumped up nice together. It was a, it was definitely a fight for second place. 
But as far as trying to catch him, it was literally almost impossible. And I was actually, I think I actually ended up third. I was one point away from coming in second, which for being the first time that I had played this, I was really surprised with my buddy, Jim, who actually brought this game down here. I think he said this was only really the second time he played it in his first real big game that he actually played. And, you know, he said that this game was jumping into his top 10 and I was, I, I kind of have to agree with him. I really liked it. It is just, you're starting off the beginning of your turn. You have a set of workers that you're going to put down on various actions throughout the board. There's a lot of things that you're going to have to fight for during the, during the placement of those actions because some of the spots are limited as far as how many workers can go there. And you can go to multiple places. So if you want to try to dominate and actually score points off of multiple tiles on the board because you have a dominant species on multiple tiles on the board, you can do that. That will just, you know, the more dominate of an action people do, the faster you're going to burn through the game because everybody, every time somebody does that dominate ability, you're going to be actually pulling a card. And once the cards that are along the side of the table, um, once they can't be refilled, I believe that, or once I think there's an ice age card or something, once that card is pulled, I believe that's what kind of triggers the end game for that round. But um, our game lasted a good three to four hours easily, maybe even more. I don't even know. We kind of lost track of time. Like I said, it was a 30 minute teach. Three of us at the table had never played it before, so we might have been playing a little bit slower, but everybody at the table was, I think, was just having a good time. We had a really good group of guys playing. I was so glad that I got this one to the table. Like I said, if you don't like take that, probably stay away from this game. You're not going to, you're definitely not going to like it. There's, there's just so many different things. I'm not going to be able to spend enough time to go through all the different actions. Talking about this game in detail would probably be an episode within itself. I hate to say it's just, it's just really cool. Just everything that all the different things you can do. Some of the different actions you could do. I'll just touch over them a couple of them really quick and try not to talk too, too long about them. But some of the different actions you can do are, like I said, you can actually score different tiles if you, based on the number of cubes you have on there, you can actually place more cubes of, more cubes down on different tiles based on where you're putting your worker on the board. You can bring different tiles into play. You can, there, there, there's just a whole sideboard of actions along the side of the board. I can't even remember them all right now because I'm trying to think of too many of them right now. But um, if you've never played Dominant Species, if you like games that are area control, if you like games where you're evolving throughout the game and it's changing, it's kind of crazy the way the game starts off with a small board and everybody's kind of lumped up in one spot in the middle of the table. And then you just start spreading out. And towards the end of the game, the whole center of the board was almost all covered with glaciers. And all of the species that were on there were gone. Most of them were dead. And most of the players where we where we had most of our species and everything and most of our, you know, kind of like players were just all around the outside of the board and kind of like a big ring. And, you know, we were kind of lumped up in kind of almost like the four different corners of the board as well. Um, I don't know if every game is going to play like that. I don't know if I will get this game to the table again for quite a while because it did take us so long to play. This is going to be one that we possibly only play during these 24-hour gaming marathons. And I was only down there for a good maybe 12 hours. I didn't do the 24 hours. I wasn't able to this year. But um, I know everybody did a really good good job down there. One of the other things that they do down there at the store is they do a canned food drive or a boxed food drive, dry foods. Um, you can bring that in. He has, um, the owner has a bunch of different 
things that different distributors and stuff have given him that he then gives out to people, you know, for turning in some canned foods and he had a sale on stuff. So I picked up um, a couple of games, which we'll talk about later, but after dominant species, which I will say, I, I, if I didn't, if I didn't say it before, I'll say it right now. Loved it. Definitely want to add it to my collection. Excellent game. The next game that we played is card city XL. This was a game that I actually just got in from Kickstarter. Elbin Viard is the designer. It was published by his studio, AV Studio Games and Luda Creations. This game was just released in 2017. This is kind of like SimCity in card style. This is a very interesting game in that everybody starts out with um, a center, kind of like town hall. You're going to be doing some sort of drafting mechanism in that the first player will have 12 cards in front of them. They will put two cards face up, one card face down, and then they will take the rest of the cards, put three cards face up, and the rest of them, or two cards face up, one face down, and then three face up, and then the rest of the cards face down. The person to their left, I think it is, is going to get to choose whether they want the three cards or whether they want the stack or whether they want to pass on that. So if they pass on it, if they give them, if if they tell the player that they want the three cards, then the first player basically needs to do the same thing and it kind of just changes around. If not, they basically have to do it with the other cards. Once everybody has essentially three cards in their hand, you're going to be placing these cards down in front of you. There are card restrictions in that you can't place a residence next to a residence. You can't place a commerce next to a commerce. You can't place, I don't know if it's, you can't place an industry next to an industry. I think there are three different um, restrictions you had to the cards. And then there were a couple other things that what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a couple of different cards next to each other because cards can actually spawn and grow your city as well based on cards you have next to each other. And they can actually spawn in multiple, you know, in in multiples of cards. So in one turn, if you have cards placed properly, you can actually get two free cards from the center of the table. You can also use some of your money to purchase some of the cards from the center of the table. The cards you can only purchase, though, are park cards. And I think there's one other type of card you can purchase. So there, there are a limited number of these cards you can purchase from the center of the table. You're going to go through and play through the deck. Um, I believe it's, you're going to go around the table. I think we went around the table twice. So each person basically was the first player twice. So it was like eight rounds for a four player game. It was interesting. It was a little bit of a heavier style game. Um, His games, the designer's games usually are. So that's something that I definitely need to sit down and read the rules a little bit more on to try to plan out my city. My score definitely wasn't as good as I was hoping. It was very, very poor. I just didn't get enough of the cards. I was on the last on the, on the first turn, I was the last player. And I think that opening hand, I just felt like I just got kind of handed junk cards. I really didn't get a choice. So starting off a little bit behind everybody else, I don't know if all games are going to be like that for the last player. That was kind of how I felt. I need to go on to BoardGameGeek and see if other people are saying anything like that. But I know for like my first, the first two turns, I was kind of just getting not a lot of good cards where it seemed like most of the good cards were being taken by the earlier players in the rounds. Once it got to be to where I got to choose earlier with the cards, I started to grow and was able to do a couple of things. But it just never seemed like I got kind of like an engine going or got got the placement going that I needed to really grow the city properly. So mine definitely... I think your city can be six by six, and I lost quite a few points because I came nowhere near filling up that six by six grid. Um, I was short pretty much in all four corners almost, 
but that was Card City XL from Elvin, Elvin Viard. Uh, I have the I do have this game in my collection. Like I said, I do need to sit down and learn to play this one a little bit better. That was a little trickier to pick up. But then the last game we played for the day down there is a little game called Murano. This game was from 2014 by Inca Brand and Marcus Brand. This was published by Mayfair Games, Lookout Games. This was a very interesting worker placement with a rondelle mechanism to this one. It has a little bit of area control to it. And wow, I have to say, I this one wasn't on my radar before, but I really enjoyed this one. There's a couple of good games it looks like I missed back in 2014, and I'm not too sure how or why I missed these games uh, back then. But somehow I overlooked this one as well. And I really enjoyed this one. On your turn, what you're going to be doing, you're going to be moving a gondola around the rondelle mechanism. And there are a bunch of different gondolas on the board. And if there is a backup of them on the board to where you want to possibly move one of them, what you could do is you can pay gold to actually move one out of the way and then move the one behind it, maybe up to an action that you're going to do. You're going to take the action on the board. Some of the different actions are going to give you gold, place one of your workers out um, or put, place one of your gondoliers out into a different port by one of the different um, town sections that are on the board. You'll be able to buy different city components. There's different stacks of cities. You can also then place those as an action later on during one of your turns. When you place it, you can place one to three tiles. You can place the city pieces in front of you, or you can actually draw free road tiles because all of your buildings need to be by a road tile. There's definitely this game. I don't want to say this game's lighter, but I'd say this is a late to medium weight game. It was very easy to pick up on. I screwed up big time on one of the instructions when um, my buddy Jim was explaining this one in that I was collecting a lot of the cards to try to have an endgame goal for. And I did not understand that I need to have that gondolier at each location to score the card. There were cards that actually said you had to have somebody at a particular spot. And I told him, well, I don't have any of those cards. He goes, you still need to have a somebody somewhere. And I go, okay, that did not click until well too late in the game when I was trying to throw gondoliers out. And um, it was just way too late for me to be able to do anything. Uh, my score wasn't that bad. It was it was still fair, but um, I definitely came nowhere near winning this one. But definitely want to get this one to the table again. This one is definitely on my radar. I really enjoyed this one. I thought the rondelle mechanism around the whole board where you're moving all of the gondolas seemed to work quite well. I really enjoyed that. I really didn't feel like... You know, there was any time you could really be screwed. There are so many different actions that you have available to you because there's so many ships around the board because we were playing a four-player game. Definitely, definitely a game to look at and try if you have not played that one. Murano, definitely want to give that one a look. I really like that one. All right, that is it for the games that I played for the week. Like I said, we only got in a three games, I think, during the almost 12-some hours that I was down there, um, but some of that was set up and takedown as well for the gear as well, learning some new games and everything. So definitely didn't get as, as many games as I wanted to, but we still had a great day playing games. Other than that, a few of the things that I want to play, Legendary Buffy the Vampire came out, Slayer came out this past week. Played a Legendary game once before. I think I played Marvel. I enjoyed it. I am really looking forward to playing Buffy. The game can be played either co-op or competitive. Uh, definitely going to tell my wife that this is a competitive game and that there's no co-op to it until we start playing it. Uh, I'm going to try to sneak that one in on her. It's a deck builder. It looks to be really cool. 
It comes with a really nice mat instead of a board, which I thought was really interesting. I really like the way that they have the nice neoprene mat in there. So looking forward to playing that one, and hopefully we will be doing a stream for that sometime soon. Hopefully we're going to be doing a stream on Wednesday. Like I said, if we can get everything set back up now that we're, we have a room to play actually. And then the other game that I'm kind of interested in checking out is a game. I believe that's on Kickstarter right now. It's a game called Root. It's designed by Cole Whirl. It's published by Leader Games. So I may have to get um, Patrick back on the game to talk about this one because the art on this one looked really interesting. But when I started to hear about what some of the gameplay was for this one as far as area control and some of the other mechanisms that are in this game, it has some asymmetric design in it as well which it seems like Leader Games is being kind of known for in their games because definitely that Vast of Crystal Caverns was an asymmetric game. So I'm definitely going to have to check this one out. I've heard about it on a couple podcasts. I'm going to have to spend a little bit more time reading about this one. Check it out on Kickstarter. Maybe we'll see about who we can get back on the podcast. But other than that, I think I've talked long enough for this episode. Like I said, I try to hit over each game rather quickly this week rather than spend um, a good 10 to 15 minutes talking about a couple of them. I kind of just wanted to go over my thoughts on some of those real quick kind of get through all those. We are now caught up with everything. And next week, we will hopefully just get back to a normal episode of gaming. But until then, as always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on Facebook. Just do a search for what I'm playing now. Twitch is twitch.tv such what I'm playing now. Subscribe to our Twitch channel and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, please, at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. Until next week, everybody, you know what to do. Go play some games and let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, have a great week gaming, everybody, and I will talk to you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.